In today's show, we're looking back at Thursday's action, full of blowouts, and then uh, having a bit of a preview of Friday's games, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got six games to talk about. Some interesting things. Some absolute ass kickings by the home teams. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about those games right now. And the first game we take a look at is a surprise, a blowout. What a shock! The Sixers beat the Mavericks, one eleven ninety seven. It wasn't actually that close. There was no Porzingis, so the Mavericks decided that they would start Boban Marjanovic. And amazingly, Boban shot twenty seven percent. He grabbed boards. He had twelve of them. He had seven points. He had one block. No, this is not an indication to go and add Boban unless you're in a 30-deep league. And even then, he's no guarantee to play every night. This was mainly just, hey, we need to match someone up against Joel Embiid. I don't think it went particularly well, but um, it could have been better. Jalen Brunson had an issue with his uh, ankle. That's why his minutes were a bit down. He was still pretty good, 11-5 and five with two threes, and remains in that 12-team discussion, at least in the short term. While it wasn't a great Luka night, 19-3-4, the three blocks are good. The three threes are pretty good. The percentages are subpar, but still somehow managed a true shooting of 61 because he shot 50% from three, but not his best night for sure. He is the 13th-ranked player this year. He had 31 fantasy points here. Timmy Hardaway, 21 minutes, 12 points with two blocks and two threes. Well, James Johnson started the second half for Boban. He had three points in 15 minutes. Now, this obviously team is uh, struggling a lot at the moment, and having no Porzingis is a real worry. Revenge game for Josh Richardson. He had 13-6 and six with a triple zero. He does not profile to me to be a 12-team league guy, so I think we can leave him on the waiver wire while Dorian Finney-Smith continues to disappoint. Six points in 31 minutes, only that 14-team league player. And Kleber, at least he blocked a shot here, Muxy, but still a long way off being that 12-team league guy that he has shown the potential to be. Interestingly, only 17 minutes for Corley Stein, only 10 minutes for Powell with Marjanovic getting those 17 minutes. And uh, really hard to trust Powell or Corley Stein in anything other than deeper leagues, even if we get um, yeah, more games from pausing us out. It's just too up and down in terms of how that rotation looks. For the Philadelphia 76ers, Seth Curry had 15 points in 29 minutes. Added three steals, had a block, shot amazingly well. Look, he is his current value tells you he's the 108th ranked player this year. He's 141st over the last two weeks. He had 33 fantasy points here. I just don't think that he's absolutely a guy that has to be rostered. Sure, he probably should be. And in 14-team leagues, a no-brainer. But is he a guy that if he was on the waiver wire, I'd tell you your league is shit? No. If he was there, I'd go, ah, fair enough. If you had... Um, yeah, if you're rostering Shake Milton over him, I'd say, what are you doing? But he's not a guy, if you had Josh Richardson over him, I'd probably say, what are you doing? But he's not a guy that you just have to go, man, do I burn Wavell priority one? Do I throw 50% of my fab out there to get him? Embiid only played 28 minutes, 23-9 and nine with two steals and a block, and Simmons had 15-3-7 and seven with two steals. Just big games from everyone, including Dwight Howard. 
14 and 8 in 16 minutes for Howard. One steal, three blocks. But like so many of the performances in uh, on Thursday's games, it's very hard to take anything away because it was just a giant ass kicking. Shake Milton had 10 points. It took 13 shots, but he did have 10 points and added six assists. He's only a very deep league player. Well, I guess the big concern for Philadelphia is the thick hogsman. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Tobias Harris had to leave with a knee contusion. They say he'll get tests on Friday. We don't know um, exactly what's what'll happen there. The knee contusion doesn't sound terrible, but if you get a bone bruise, that's a real worry. If the thick hogsman happens to miss, you'll get guys like Mike Scott, who played 22 minutes here, and he'll become a deeper league three-point streamer, but there doesn't become any immediate 12-team league ad if Harris happens to miss, in my opinion, or happens to miss a decent chunk of time. The second game was a blowout. The Nets, they beat the Orlando Magic 129-92. And let's just quickly remember something. The, the Brooklyn Nets are doing this without Kevin Durant. They're pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. We know that centers can put up big numbers against the Nets. And even though this was a blowout, we had Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. He played 32 minutes, had 28 and 12 with three threes. Great efficiency, so that's good from him. But not much else to write home about. Evan Fournier, good on his percentages, but 11 points. Sorry, uh, Michael Carter-Williams is good on his percentages. 11 points with five assists, while Fournier had eight points, three assists, and two steals. We talked about Fournier being a sell high. He's in that dull, well, dull, lull. That's the right. I was going to say depression in form and then lull and combined them into dull. Um, he's in that sort of yeah, lull in his form. He's still a 12-team league hold, while the Chief... Al Farouk Aminu. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He blew some just horrendous layups in this game, but two points on six shots, but the two steals is all you have him for. If you want steals and blocks, Aminu can do it for you. I wouldn't be excited about him. And the inevitable shithouse Terrence Ross game came. Five points, nine shots, 11%, three assists and a steal. You hold him. He's the 65th ranked player, including this nonsense over the last two weeks. But understand that he does put up plenty of shit games. Interesting to see Mo Bumba play 13 minutes while Birch played only six. Bumba had a steal and a block. I don't think he's particularly good. But surely with the way this season is absolutely just spiraling out of control for the Magic, can we see some Bumba minutes to see what he can do? Now, Clifford obviously has more insight to this than I do. And he sees me in practice and maybe he goes, this dude just doesn't know what to do. But the times that I've seen him on the court, it makes you think there is at least something there that we can see. Not going to be a 12-team league guy unless maybe there's an injury to Vooch. But... I'd like to see a little bit more out of um, out of Mobamba at this point. Harden, 33 minutes, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Kyrie, 30 minutes, 27, 5 and 9 and 2 steals. They're just unbelievably good. Even Landry Shamak got in on the act. 19 points in 29 minutes with 5 threes and 9 rebounds. Do not buy into Landry Shamak. But the story I guess everyone wants to hear about is a bloke that I have been rusty tromboning. Dutch ruddering, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about when I say Dutch ruddering, it's not Dutch reutering, it's not Dutch rootering, it's rudder, as in the thing that's on the back of a boat, a rudder that steers them, just Google Dutch rudder, R-U-D-D-E-R, that's all the information I'm going to get on you, I'll give it to you, but I've been Dutch ruddering Nick Claxton, I've been Danish backhanding him, I've been Turkish gripping him, and this is why, 15 minutes, 10 points, 4 steals, 2 blocks, do you add him? No, you don't. The thing is here, there was no Jeff Green, but this is this is undeniable, this production. Now, every single Nets player was plus double digits outside of Chiozza and Tyler Cook, 
So I can't go out and say, well, the Claxton plus 16 was awesome because everyone else was awesome. But he just looks so good out there. Now, the hair is questionable. Actually, it's not questionable. It's awesome. It's just it's just funny to see, but it's awesome. Um, but this is awesome. I think he can be a better player than DeAndre Jordan this season. I don't think the Nets will give him that opportunity. I don't think they'll let him live his life. I don't think they'll let him shine. I don't think they'll let him be great. In a deeper league, sure. Claxo, take a crack. Have a flyer, whatever. 16-teamers, take the flyer. 12-teamers, I can see him getting there. It's very easy to see how he's a 12-team relevant player. I just don't think it gets there. The Shark, Bruce Brown with another elite shooting night. Baby shark, do, 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 do. 14 points on 67% with two steals. He is amazingly putting up numbers, which would make him an, a good 12-team streamer and an excellent 14-team league guy. It's probably just while Green and Durant are out, but really good numbers nonetheless. 14 points for Joe Harris in 25 minutes. You'll be shocked to know that he shot 67% from three. I need to look this up because his three-point shooting numbers have been actually insanity this year. And before I go, I could go out and say, man, he's shooting 50% from three, making it like hyperbole when he could actually be... Um, shooting 50%. Let's have a look. Joe Harris is shooting 51% from three this year. So I almost undersold him on seven attempts per game. Yet the dude can't hit 70% of his free throws. It's 69%. Giggity. Who can make that make sense? Also, just a quick thing here that I've just seen come through as I'm recording this. Recording this quote from Seth Curry. Do you have any extra motivation when playing against your former team? I got a lot of respect for these guys over there. I just think they made a bad business decision. Wow. Cool. Anyway, revenge games aren't real. Go fight about that in the comments. Um, DeAndre Jordan, he had rebounds. He didn't get blocks. He wasn't good at field goal percentage. He is fine to have for 12-team leagues in certain scenarios at the moment. But again, I think Claxton's better. And I'd like to see them give him that opportunity, although they almost definitely will not. I'll tell you what you should give the opportunity to, bet online. Because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So go to betonline.ag. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On, the name of this network. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, next game. Blowout. The Knicks, the Kings, New York 140, Sacramento 121. I made a completely baseless claim on Twitter. It wasn't a claim. I said it was baseless. I said, I think Luke Walton's fired in the next 48 hours. Let's see if he's actually fired by the time you listen to this, but they are atrocious. Darren Fox was good, 29 points in 39 minutes with 11 assists. Harrison Barnes, he was good as well. And I just did something that's going to make me sit there and reassess my whole life over the weekend. I just introduced him as Harrison Barnes and played the music without doing the whole run-up to it. I, if, you know, if I could be bothered, I'd go back and edit this, but let's just this is how it happens in real life. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Twenty-two points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, three threes. Really good night. While Tyrus Halliburton, seventeen, four and four with four steals and two threes. Another good night. Just play this dude over Buddy Hield. I don't think that is difficult to work out. As for Hield, guess what? He shot terribly. How is this guy, whose only good point is his shooting, a bad shooter? 
Nine points in 30 minutes for Heald. I don't think you drop him, but holy shit, he's bad. And speaking of bad, Marvin Bagley had 19 points in 23 minutes. He is bad. But Josh, he scored 19 points. He is bad. He is very bad, in fact. Like, actually really bad. Like, one of the worst players in the NBA that is gifted minutes. He's actually terrible. He was a minus 20 in this game. The only player worse is another player who's significantly overrated, Buddy Heald, minus 22. Bagley's defense is atrocious. He is only a points league guy, not a category league player. Wasn't a great night from Rashawn Holmes, 9-6, and six, but he is a hold. While uh, Daquan Jeffries had just the four points in his 19 minutes. And Norval Pal recently signed. Norval Pal came in, had three points in four minutes um, with Hassan Whiteside and Jabari Parker. Interesting with Whiteside and Parker out. And no Chemezi Metu, that uh, Nemanja Bielitsa did not play at all. I'm a little surprised that Bielitsa did not get onto the court whatsoever. For the Knicks, there was no Alfred Payton. So, of course, they started Derek Rose. Now, Tom Thibodeau is getting the Knicks to play better. There is no doubt about that. But he is also... Um, I, I don't want to be too blunt on this. I don't want to be too accusatory. But I get that. I think he's a liar. Oh, we, know, we want to start Alfred Payton because uh, we want the defense. And uh, having quickly uh, just will hurt the defense. So we'll put uh, we'll put uh, Payton in there for the defense. So you'll start Derek Rose for his defense? Just start quickly. Why is this hard? 25 points in 20 minutes for Emmanuel quickly. Three threes, two steals, 12 of 12 to line. He has got an absolutely massive knack of getting free throws, which is wild because he didn't do it at all in college. Massive free throw rate, super efficiency, and he'll play two minutes next game most likely. This game would make you say, shit, I've got to add him. He's just too good. He's undeniable. But the, the fact is you have undeniable meeting... I don't even know what to say about... I don't even know what to call Tom Thibodeau. What would be insulting? If I called him a... a, a, a I don't know, a basketball nerd, he'd say, yeah. Like, he'd go, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love tape, love film, love balls. Giggity. Look, the, good player, but you're young. Oh, what's wrong with my game? Oh, I'm sorry. It's your birth certificate. Oh, do I have to bring that on the court when I play? No, no, no you're just young. You just That's why you can't play. You're just young. Ah, oh, cool. Thanks, Tom. Um, yes, I don't know what to make of quickly because the form will tell you he is a must-roster player. The dickhead who wears tracksuits out for dinner tells you he can't be rostered. So I, I don't understand this fully. I think that they'll just go with Rose full-time as the starter now and Peyton won't get back in. As for Rose, he was good. 28 minutes, 18, 3, and 6. Probably want to scoop him in a 12-team league. Alec Burks was on fire. Now, we have to remember, the quality of the opposition was horrendous. Um, Burks had 24 points in 25 minutes. The double Royal Julius Randle had 21 and 14. And Nerland's Noel, it wasn't great in this one. Um, eight points in 23 minutes with two blocks. <sighs> Rowan Barrett. Mm. I know they limited minutes, which is, is amazing for a Tom Thibodeau team. But again, he just is showing me absolutely nothing. He's a 204th ranked player over the last two weeks. And you can do, you can do better. But with about 80 different blokes on the waiver wire, probably better than him. At the, maybe that's, that's harsh. 50 better blokes on the waiver wire than RJ Barrett, who is rostered still in, in an astonishing amount of leagues. Uh, Frank Nilakina played. I thought he did all right. Three steals, 23 minutes. Should they play him over Alfred Payton? Of course they should. But will they? No. They've got him and Kevin Knox, two top 10 picks just rotting on the bench. But good to see Frank get out there and play some pretty good basketball to be a second best on the team plus 17 in his 23 minutes. I'm not sure that it actually means anything as we move forward, but it was good to see nonetheless. 
The next game. The Clippers and the Grizzlies. Guess what, guys? It was a blowout, but not in the direction you think. The Grizzlies win 122-94. Serge Barker only 23 minutes with 13 and 7. Serge is trending down, and in a 10-team league, I drop him, and I think it's moving that way in 12s. Paul George had 13 and 7, while Kawhi had 17, 5 and 7, but I don't know what we can actually take out of this game, considering how much of a blowout it was. I think Nick Batum's moving towards a drop as well. 20, 24 minutes for Batum for four points. Has not been the same since his concussion. Efficiency's dropped off. Usage is non-existent. I think he's moving more into specialist-type 12-team guy and more 14-team league player. The Duck, Luke Kennard, out of the rotation with Terrence Mann taking his role. But this was just ugly. By the way, guys, if, you, if you're rostering Marcus Morris... Get that garbage out of here! Absolutely no need for him. Lou Williams is a 12-team drop as well. Reggie Jackson has no business there. While it was a pretty shitty night for Pat Beverly, five points in 22 minutes. But realistically, it's just a huge-ass blowout that it's hard to register too much. Now, let's talk about the Grizzlies because we've talked... Well, I've talked, you've listened, probably laughed and ignored me, but I said, how impossible is it to work out what they're going to do with this rotation? 12 rotation-level players that have to go into 10 spots, and we finally got nearly their whole team healthy, just no Jaron Jackson. So the player that missed out was the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton. Stunningly, he's better than Dylan Brooks, he's better than Grayson Allen, he's better than Desmond Bain. As much as I like Bain, he's better than them all, yet he is the player that Taylor Jenkins decided not to play. Um, not only is it hard to see how the minutes look with the crunch there and his value, and if he's not going to play, then you can't hold him in 12s. Dylan Brooks started out one of six um, and then somehow finished, what, six of 13? Got hot at the end, 19 points with a steal and a block. Good night from Brooksy. Strong points league guy, not a must roster category league guy, but not bad. Well, Tyus Jones went bananas. 20 points in 15 minutes on 82%, while Jonas Valanciunas... Jonas Vasilinovasas. 16 and 15 in 25 minutes for Jonas. Not the greatest game, but didn't need to be. Still pretty good. Brandon Clark off the bench, and this is going to be his role as we move forward. I reckon he might trend towards a 12-team drop, to be honest. While Kyle Anderson just did what he needs to do. 13, 7, and 6. Guys, Justice Winslow, not a 12-team league player. Get that garbage out of here! 9 and 6 in 22 minutes, while Ja Morant was disappointing, I guess? 30 minutes, 16 points, 7 assists, but no steals, no blocks, 50% from the line, hit only 1-3. This has just been a common thing with uh, with Jar Morant, who is now the 93rd ranked player this year. 93rd. There's just too many holes in his game at this point to be considered a top 30, top 25 sort of player, unfortunately for him. Next game uh, wasn't a blowout, amazingly. The Washington Wizards. They take down the Nuggets on the road, 112-110. The Wizards really playing well at the moment. Brad Beal, 33 points on 53% shooting and a perfect 11 of 11 from the line. That is really a remarkable performance from Beal. But one of the big surprises, I guess, is it a big surprise? Yeah, it is a big surprise because Hull Neto, Hull Neto played 28 minutes, had 15 points, four assists and five steals. That's obviously really, really good from Hull. Now, Will we get how many more of these games we're going to get with Neto playing alongside Westbrook? It seems just ridiculous that it works, but somehow it did work. I don't know if Westbrook's going to sit any more games with rest, especially this week with five games. Will they sit him one of these games? We just don't know at this point, but he's someone to at least keep an eye on. No Davis Bertans. So Rui Hachimura had probably his best game of the season. 20 points in 38 minutes. It's a ton of minutes. 
Um, he was 56% from the field. Of course, he only hit one three, had zero steals, zero blocks, only five boards and two assists. But that's just what Rui does. But if he can get that sort of volume, shoot that well, then there is value in using Rui, at least in this short term while Bertans is out. Triple-double from Russell Westbrook, but unfortunately just shot horribly. 35%, but 16, 10, and 10 with three steals and getting those steals up has been a little bit down for Westbrook. That's encouraging there as well. While flaming Mo Wagner, just the six points in 18 minutes, really tough to rely upon that. Of course, you drop Denny Avdia, who had two points in 20 minutes, and Garrison Matthews had six points in his 16 minutes. On the Denver side of things, um, Nikola Jokic. Big night from him, 24-11-7, one steal, two blocks, while the headmaster, Jamal Murray, 34 points, six triples, six rebounds, six assists, two blocks, 68% true shooting. He is the ninth-ranked player over the last two, actually he's higher than that, over the last two weeks, putting up massive numbers, a real sell-high moment for Murray with this efficiency through the roof. Uh, assist numbers actually spiking as well. He cannot keep this level up. So just, and 42 minutes is insanity. So that will drop off somewhat too. Also pretty good from Maga Porter Jr. 41 minutes, 18 and 10, three threes, a steal and a block. Shot the ball well. The 41 minutes is most encouraging. Of course, there's no Harris, Millsap, Green or Dozier. So I'm not sure if Malone will trust him to play this much as we move forward. Farton Will Barton was terrible. Two points on seven shots. He is a clear 12-team drop. While Morris had 12 points with five assists and three steals. And Faku only shot one of eight. But he played 32 minutes. He had two blocks. He had two assists. He's providing streamable streamable 12-team value at this point. I think Zeke Naji did okay as well. Seven points in 15 minutes. Just finding minutes for him in the rotation, though, to be even close to useful for fantasy is probably going to be pretty tough. While Vlatko Chancha played 10 minutes. Just thought I'd give you your uh, monthly Chancha update. He didn't do too much, but he did play. And I guess that's a, a step forward for Chancha. Now, I haven't mentioned it, but the end of this game does bear discussing. Absolute stupidity. Um, the Nuggets on that fast break, four-on-one fast break. Jamal Murray brings it down. And I've talked about all their fantasy value, so we can just divert into this sort of performance. Jamal Murray brings it down. And then every Nuggets player, uh, Campazzo, uh, Michael Porter, who was leading the break, basically, um, they all space out to three. Now, I know they were down two, and a three would have won it for them, but there was literally just a wide open. entire The entirety of inside the arc was wide open. All Porter had to do was just run in a straight line towards the basket, and Murray could have just passed. I, I think Murray was dribbling, and it felt like he picked it up and then went to pass it into the lane and then saw no one was there and went, oh, shit, and then had to pass it out to Faku for the three and then missed. Now, absolutely ludicrous play, but the one thing that I take away from this, it's dumb play, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of times teams in situations like this, yeah, we've just got to be better. Now, Murray did say, look, it's on me for the bad pass, but he also quickly threw in, hey, Mike's got to go to the rim. Uh, Michael Malone, the doctor, he said, yeah, Porter's got to go to the rim. And this ties into my theory with the team just doesn't like this bloke and they will use anything they can to you know, use excuses to play him less or to... They just don't like him. That That's my gut feel on that. And again, just the fact that they're calling him out by name. I know it's obvious that Porter should have cut to the rim, but Faku could have done it as well. And there was someone else, Monty Morris there, who could have came in as well, but none of them did. But straight away on... Uh, yeah, Porter's got to cut to the rim. And uh, it was bad play from everyone involved on that team, yeah, namely Maga, but... He needed to uh, need to do that, but I just find it interesting the way that they uh, the way that they happen to call that out. Let's go on to the next game now. 
and another one with some real uh, some real weirdness at the end. The Pelicans lose to the Bucks, one twenty nine, one twenty five. The Pelicans down three at the end decide that they won't take a three. And they'll just try and dribble into traffic and hot potato it around to everybody. And in the end, Ingram gets a, a charge call on him and they lose. Lonzo Ball, shooting 50% from three this month, had another 20 points with eight assists, six threes, a steal and a block. He's been awesome, the 32nd ranked player over the last two weeks and nudging towards the top 50. While Zion Williamson, I think this guy's actually unstoppable when it ter- in terms of getting to the rim. 30 points in the paint in this game out of his 34. Eight rebounds and six assists and a steal and a block and 80% from the line. He will be a second-round pick next year in drafts. 35 minutes for Eric Bledsoe. It's pretty good. 39% shooting isn't. Five assists, four triples. I think if he's on a 14-team waiver wire, I would consider adding him. I, I wouldn't really worry about it with 12s. Well, Ingram, not that efficient. 44% for 23 points, two assists, one steal, and one uh, one triple. Not his best night. Also interesting to see 35 minutes from Bledsoe and only 22 from Josh Hart. Bledsoe was a minus 20, so you can't tell me his good play was uh, keeping him on the court. And Hart, the uh, just a minus three there in his 22. So a weird distribution of minutes from Van Gundy. I would still be holding on to Joshy in 12-team uh, in format. Steve Adams had 13 points. Sorry, no, he didn't. He had seven points and 13 rebounds with two blocks. Onto the Bucks. There was no Drew Holiday, and there was no DJ Augustin. So the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, played 35 minutes. He had a career-high 24 points. He had seven boards, nine assists, two steals, one block, and four triples. Just an unbelievable game. But it's not real. Like Two point guards were out of this game, so he got to run the point. That's why his assists are up. And then he'll probably go back to playing 27 minutes a night once Holiday and DJ return. If you want to add him short term, even if Drew comes back with DJ out, sure. But this is not real. Yanni had 38 and 10 with two triples and 80% from the line, while Middleton shot unbelievably 31, 7 and 6 on 58%. And Punch Bob, he was the starter, amazingly. They started Yanni and Portis together, along with Lopez. 31 minutes for Portis, 12 and 8 with two blocks and two threes, which is basically his 21 minute production, so didn't really extrapolate anything out. And we had 35 Brook Lopez minutes. He had 12 and 5 with three blocks, which is yeah, solid enough. He's still barely hanging on in 12 team leagues. Bryn Forbes was terrible because Bryn Forbes is not very good. Two points in 21 minutes, while Paddy Connaughton had a rough one as well. Eight points in 26 minutes for Patrick right there. All right, let's now have a look at the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. The burner, Jalen Brunson, up 31%. Wasn't his best night tonight, but he is absolutely putting in 12-team value at the moment. Probably more 14-team long-term, but 12-team at the moment. Saban Lee's up 19%. Yep, okay, fine. Um, fewer minutes than Dennis Smith last game. Let's see how that works out. Patrick Williams up 12%. I wouldn't have been rushing to grab him, to be fair. But that was a, a solid performance. It was against Sacramento, so we've got to bear that in mind. Um, Williams had some good numbers, but I'm not sure he's a must roster. Zubat's up 10%. Surely that's just got to be because of the back-to-back. And the Shark, Bruce Brown, up 9% as a streamer for today. And I reckon you could move on from him. The drops, MC Hamadou Diallo. Get that garbage out of here! Down 17%. He was a drop before he got injured, and now he's injured. Cam Reddish down 12%. Clear drop. Daniel Tice down 10%. I think he's a drop. Garrett Temple down 10%. He was providing back-end 12-team league value, but last couple haven't been great, so that's fine. Well, the Discman, Chetty Osman, he's down 9%. Yep, uh, Dean Wade is playing over him at the moment, so Osman can move to your waiver wires in anything outside of 16-team leagues. Let's go on to the uh, monstrous line of the night. It is the Big Ragu. 24 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists for Dante DiVincenzo. 
He's only the 147th ranked player this season in 26 minutes a night. His production will come down um, with Drew Holiday returning, but there's no denying that this was an awesome performance from him. And I bet you can't guess who the rookie of the night is. It is Emmanuel Quickly. 25 points, three threes, three assists, a ton of free throw attempts. He's been unbelievable in terms of getting free throw attempts this season. He's got a 27% usage and he's only barely a top 200 player because he just doesn't play enough. Steal rate's not high enough. He's under 40% from the field as well. As I said before, we could see him as an ad, but I don't trust Tom Thibodeau. I don't trust um, him to be this good every night. And yeah, he's averaging, what, 12 points in 19 minutes, which is the 197th ranked player. He's more of a 14 to 16 team league must add rather than a 12 team league guy. And let's look at the top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one is quickly. Number two was Dwight Howard. Yep, nice game from him, but that means nothing for fantasy. Hull Neto next. Alec Burks next. I think Burks is more 14 team. Landry Shamet, 20 teamer. Um, at number six. We're looking at uh, Tyus Jones of the Memphis Grizzlies. Number seven, Speedy Claxton of the Brooklyn Nets. Talked about him already. Maybe a 14 or 16 team league ad. Jimmy Ennis at number eight, just a deeper league guy. Bruce Brown at number nine, elite field goal percentage, but that production is going to drop. And then number 10 is Monty Morris of the Denver Nuggets playing a larger role with Gary Harris out. So let's now flip and have a look at some DFS action for Friday uh, in the NBA. All right, so we've got another nine games here on Friday. Let's have a quick look at what we need to pay attention to. The Rockets and the Raptors in Toronto. The Raptors are seven-point favorites. The total is 220. We expect this is going to be a good game for Chris Boucher. Good matchup against the small Rockets. They're still without Christian Wood in this one. The second game is the Pacers and the Celtics. Boston were without Kemba Walker last game. He'll be back after resting. Celtics somehow favored by three, despite their horrendous form. There are a total of 219 here in this one. They probably have to lean a little bit more on the big men going up against Sabonis and Turner, so that probably helps someone like Rob Williams there as well. Utah and Miami, Bam Adebayo has appeared on the injury report as questionable. Bam, 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 bam. If he is out, Precious Achua, I imagine, would start next to Kelly Olenek. Tyler Hero also questionable. Now, if he plays, I don't know what that means exactly for Kendrick Nunn, but it can't be good things. The Hawks and the Thunder. The Hawks are three and a half point favorites and the total is 223.5, but Al Horford is resting in this game. It is the first of a back-to-back, not the second of a back-to-back, but we will have no Al Horford in this game. So another start for Isaiah Roby. Cam Reddish questionable once again for Atlanta. And what do we get out of Danilo Gallinari? Does the Italian cock go bananas and uh, just drop 10 big ones on our head? Or does he go out there and shoot one of nine? I reckon we're probably closer to one of nine than we are to 10 three-pointers. Phoenix and Chicago. Dario Saric is questionable for Phoenix. Does that mean that Frank Kaminsky gets a big game? No, but it means that he might get more minutes than usual, while Otto Porter and Larry Markkinen once again remained out for Chicago. The Clippers and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies spanked the Clippers on Thursday, and they match up again. Does DeAnthony Melton, the wave pool, remain out of the rotation? Does Justice Winslow play on a back-to-back, giving Melton a reprieve? How does that rotation look after the confusion, I guess, from Thursday? Uh, I imagine that... um, I imagine the Kawhi plays in the back-to-back here. The Kings and the Pistons. The Kings are somehow favored by one. The total is 224. By the time you're listening to this, Luke Walton could have been fired. That's my uh, soft, soft prediction. The uh, Hassan Whiteside Jabari Parker out for Sacramento, while the depressed penis Sadiq Bay is questionable for Detroit, while Jeremy Grant will be back after resting in the last one. 
The Hornets and the Warriors. The Warriors are six-point favorites here, and the total is 233. Devontae Graham is out for Charlotte, while Cody Zeller is questionable. Now, if Zeller is out, Biombo will start, but it's helpful for PJ Washington Jr. as well to step up and to play more minutes at this position, which is actually better for him. And then the last game is the Blazers and the Lakers. Harry Giles is out for Portland once again, but the Lakers will welcome back Dennis Schroeder. So that's going to reduce the role of Wesley Matthews and Taylor Horton Tucker. Of course, they're still going to be without Anthony Davis. And of course, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, and LeBron James are all listed as probable on the injury report. Some early guys to look at. Isaiah Roby, good value for him. The Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Ja Morant, De'Aaron Fox, Clint Capella, maybe minimum salary, Justin Patton, DeAndre Ayton against the Bulls, uh, LaMelo Ball at 76, uh, Gordy Haywood at 71, um, Chrissy Paul at 75 as well, I think is worth a look. That'll do it for me today. Remember, no recap after Friday's games. No recap after Saturday's games. There will still be videos over the weekend and some podcasts as well, but no recaps after those days. Guys, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.